an 8-bit Rocket Studios production. How's it going? Eh, I mean, I've been sick for like 14 weeks now. Sick for 14 weeks? Getting better, but it's like all the Omicron, you know. Uh, uh, is it really Omicron? Or is I've it, had. Is it, is it, is it Omicron know. or is it Omicron or something? I have no idea. I'm just saying. I don't know if there's all, an end in there or not. I've had all those know. symptoms for like 14 weeks, but I haven't. I don't have. I never tested positive for it. You're a very so, negative person, Steve. That's what I'm all about. That you're not going to test positive for something if you're that negative. <laughs> I'm not very negative. <laughs> I'm joking. So listen, um, we're doing this. Is uh, this was going to be just sort of a filler episode talking about Christmas, but we've decided to add something to it, right, Steve? Well, we're still going to talk about Christmas. Oh, we are. We are. We are going to talk about. Christmas. We're still going to talk about Atari Recharge games. We're so talking about talk Atari about Recharge that. games. We're also <laughs> adding to this. <laughs> Uh, Atari ST games that rock Lomatron. It is a roundtable discussion with Tony Longworth, Steve, and I about Lomatron for the Atari well, let's put ST. An asterisk there. I will be there if I make it there, but it will at least be you and Tony. Well, we will have a roundtable discussion. It may just be a square table if it's just Tony and I. I think that's just a single line discussion, not even a square. Table. Well, we'll get, okay, we'll see what happens. Anyway, for now <laughs> I mean, we're, we're recording be this before that discussion. <clears throat> I have so, to play Lomatron. You do, and I can't remember it. I think I have it on multiple places, so I'll. Play I just it. put a link up on this Twitter today where you can download and install a billion Atari ST games and how to do it. And it's a link to a video, and I explained how to do it. I tell you to do it, and Lomatron is definitely in that. Games. The Yak's not going to get my pennies if I just download it. Okay, Steve, you and I, in 1989 or something, paid for Lomatron. Oh, okay, so we own it. We own Lomatron. Okay. Yeah. I don't feel so bad. No, don't feel bad. I, I bet like I'd, have to send, I'd have to send the Yak money so I could play. Why? Well, he has a place to donate, so you can't do that if you wanted to. Well, I've actually bought... like Everyone else <laughs> who pirated Lomatron back then, go to... Uh, I don't. We'll put the link in the show notes. Put the link go, in the show notes. We'll go to Jeff Minter's website and donate to his new game. You know what? Maybe that's what we'll do with all the games is we'll, we will find a place that you could donate, donate to those directly people, right. to the person or to their charity. If we can. For right. people who 
never actually had a legitimate copy back in the day. We'll see if there's some way to do that. Yes. So let's talk about Christmas, Steve. How was your retro Christmas or your Christmas in general? Well, unfortunately, so so you got me three 8-bit computer games for Which, retro Christmas. What games were oh, those? Well, let's start out. First, I had bought you the, what was the STE game? Droid. Uh, Droid. Special and edition. I, and I bought you Aqua, was it the Aquanauts or whatever? Yes, the thing for the, the 2600. Atari, yes, from the Atari XP. But but I didn't realize neither would arrive before Christmas. Yeah, I bought you, I purchased you both of those also. Neither arrived. So we had to kind of go out on a limb and get other stuff. Yeah, so so I got you. What did I get you? I got you got you me Atari the latest you're retro right gamer. Yeah. You gave me Atari hat that I'm wearing right now, or, or did you get the one with the Japanese logo on it? No, I got that Okay, one. you got me. Jeannie got me one with the Japanese logo on it. Um, you also got me this fantastic book, which comes on the heels of the first quarter. This book is by Stephen L. Kent, but it is the ultimate... History of Video Games, Volume 2, starting with the PlayStation 2. I'm about wow. halfway through this. It's a great book. And, I went uh, bought you, the first also, one, by the way, too. Because oh, I, I only have the first quarter. I never actually read the updated version. Ah, I may not have it either. I may just have the first quarter also. That's a good point. Good books. And then, um, I don't... I, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, Retro-wise, what did I give you? What are the three games I gave you, Steve? So you gave me... They're from Video 61, right? Two of them? Yes. Video 61, two of them were reprosed by them that they own the rights to. Right. One, so was, one was Arknoid. Right. Yeah. What was the other one? I haven't played them yet. I mean, getting to the why I haven't played them yet. Okay. So this is this is what you got me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got me three actual carts, which was a In little box. outlandish because I didn't buy that. I just bought you crap. I bought you, I bought you, oh no, I bought you maybe the single greatest puzzle ever created. Yes, you gave me the is, single greatest puzzle ever created, which is, it's, it's wrong video, I can tell, show up, we're not going to have, maybe show a highlight video later. This is, this puzzle with all kinds of video games from the first, or well, the first and second generation of video game consoles, which yes. is utterly fantastic. So, uh, because all I could find, like, I thought this was just a stopgap. We we're waiting till the other things came. And then you, then I got you a t-shirt as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, a you got me off. a kickoff, kickoff by Anko t-shirt. Right. I think and you then, did a fantastic job. So, so then what I got from you, before I get to this stuff, I got um, Zybex. Oh, Zybex. Zybex. Right. I got Arknoid. And I got I got Arknoid and I got Flob, which I think is the new game. Yes, Flob is a new game. I actually have a copy of that also. I got one for myself. Cool. And then and then I got a bunch of other little things. An Epics T-shirt that Ooh. my daughter got for me. Epics Game Corporation from the eighties, which was one of my favorites. I got a Galaga Lenticular. Galaga that that's that's a piece of art to oh go my God. above. Is my... it a, is it Steve? Is it? Is it a um, non-fungible token? No, it's not joking. an NFT. It's just I'm a particular, and it's supposed to go when I get my other Atari arcade cabinet from Arcade One Up, which is Atari Legends that comes out this year with 14 games. The new Atari Legends that I was going to get for my birthday, but then I realized it doesn't come out till like March, so it's going to be a Father's Day gift. Which Atari Legends? What's it on? Ar- the Arcade One Up. Cabinet. Oh, you know, cabinet. those arcade one of cabinets. They have a new one called Atari, a new Atari Legends. They had a Atari Legends last year with twelve games. They have a new Atari Legends with fourteen games. It comes out this year, 
where they fixed the controls. And so, and so I, I wanted Atari Legends, the 12 game ones for my birthday, but then I realized the controls need to be fixed and <laughs> there will be a new one that comes out that has two more games on it. So that is for Father's Day, unless finances completely crumble, which is an, which is a, which is a total possibility. It's always a possibility that finance totally crumble. Um, so, and, um, and I also got, I got, I got the, the second edition of the, um, um, Ultimate History of Video Games, and I got a game, a book called um, Games Agency as Art, um, which is a, which is a gate, which is another game book. And I am, you know, I was set for retro stuff. Here's what happened though: I was going to start playing the games you got me, and then my uh, my Vizio TV blew up. Um, well, that's right. A couple days after Christmas, and so I had to take my Atari seventy eight hundred and eight hundred TV downstairs to be the main TV. They didn't have my retro systems connected to it, and I just was able to get another TV a couple days ago. So I'm ready to hook everything back up and play. But it meant that I didn't get a play before work started again, and so now it's kind of like not Christmas, and I'm I'm depressed about it. Well, I I try to consider consider Christmas. All year long, yeah, um, if I know possible because you know the way retro things go. I spent a lot of my time over. I had about a week uh, a week off. We had to work one of the mornings, but about a week. I mean, about ten days off in a row. I set up my I set up my Pi Four Hundred with a new retro system called Recall Box, oh. um, and it's got it 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 plays Atari eight hundred and ST games a little easier than on. I mean, they're all made out of the same firmware where they're using the same drivers right. but this is more and I you're able to actually um share it on my net on your network and um and be able to just drop files onto it. I yeah. think you could do that on the other ones too but this Retropi, one, you could do that too yeah. I haven't been able to do the RetroPie one but this is one I actually have working and I kind of like the interface better um than than the RetroPie one but still whatever I just wanted to get it working. I also made a little uh disc that is the Amiga uh, the there's an Amiga one but it's so complicated to use. I haven't got it working yet. Um, and uh, then I just dropped back to my ST stuff because, you know. <laughs> well, the ST was such a simple system to use. Yeah. Um, that's another benefit of it. I know people like to knock, like to knock the ST because it didn't have any real special graphics chips in it but and, or sound chips. It did have a good sound chip, but it wasn't wasn't. Was it a decent sound chip? Decent. decent sound chip. And, you know, people like to knock it, but but I'll tell you what, it was easy to use. It was easy to yeah. get into. It was easy to use. Straightforward. I think it um, was it was funny because it took us a long time when we finally went to a move from a PC to DOS to Windows 95 to Windows 98 before Windows 98 could actually run all the DOS programs and all the Windows games in one interface like we had in the Atari ST. I know. It, it was like 10 years or something. <laughs> it took a long time. <laughs> exactly. yeah, really. So Christmas was, Christmas was really enjoyable this year. I'll tell you. When, right when Christmas started, I I watched that new retro game movie. Yeah, Eight um, Bit Christmas. Eight Bit Christmas. I, I loved it. Like to say that um, that while you know it's about Nintendo, it's really not about Nintendo at all. No, um, I think a lot of Nintendo fans were upset by it because it it didn't it come. The games that they showed were really yeah. You know, they didn't show any licensed Nintendo games that I can that I can think of in the in the Look, movie. They, they did. They hit the power glove pretty hard. But the Power Glove is not Nintendo. I know, game. I know. It's a Mattel thing. I'm it's just a saying. Mattel product. Yeah. It was awesome that they, they hit the Power Glove so hard. They didn't show any Nintendo. They showed they showed games from like Midway, you know, Atari games, if they Paperboy and stuff like that. And I think they 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 sort of avoided 
any entanglements with Nintendo themselves. Well, what, what, what channel is it on, Steve? It's on HBO. Who owns HBO? Warner, Warner Brothers. Oh, that's a good point. They yeah. did show a lot of Warner. They showed things that they had rights to. But I mean, Warner used to own Atari, and they then then they owned Atari games, and and so Warner really has you know really has an Atari connection yeah. to that movie. I think you could have swapped out Atari for Nintendo in that movie, and it would have been the same movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you said it in nineteen. 19- 1981, like Brett Nouveau's movie was going to be the Atari Christmas movie that we right. that that we looked at, uh, you know, that he had he had kind of shopped in, around like 2011 in or 2012. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so his movie was going to be very similar. Um, this movie was a was came from a book. Um, I I don't know if I read it, but after I saw it, I seemed so familiar. Um, but I don't know. I, I need to go back and I kind of want to read it now. But it's not really a story. It is a story about video games, but it's not really a story about video games. It's almost a note-for-note note remake of A Christmas Story. If you go watch A Christmas Story with, almost, the, yeah. with the bully, just almost everything that happens in it is also in A Christmas Story. Not Actually, not note-for-note, note, but almost every, almost every sequence is there. I think it does a better job, I think, of... Uh, I think the nostalgia in it is way better, and 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 the ending is 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 really powerful. So I, I I even though it's about Nintendo, I think it's really about the '80s, and it's really about wanting things in the age where where the internet didn't exist. And I, I think, think it's that cool. the problem I have with it is nothing to do with the movie. It has to do with the name. I don't have that problem with the name for this year, A Bit Christmas, but. Christmas story, if it was called I Want a Gun to Shoot, it wouldn't be shown at Christmas all the time. Yeah. yeah. Or, is I, or give me my gun for Christmas. What it's called is a Christmas story. This one right. should be called something about, I know it's called 8-Bit Christmas, but it should be called like Video Craze Christmas. I don't know. That's a terrible name. What yeah. I'm saying is like the longevity of the name 8-Bit Christmas kind of, it does for me. It's going to be great. I watch it every year because it and Elf are my two favorite Christmas movies now, um, yeah. But um, but I think that if, the, if it was if the n- title was slightly different, it may be able to get other people to watch. You know, yeah. yeah. Anyway. I mean, I I I was very emotional after watching it. It was really really good. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I think that it is if you can take yourself out of the fact that it's Nintendo, if you're not a Nintendo fan, or if you can take yourself out of it that it's Nintendo because you are a Nintendo fan. So it's kind of like the Goldbergs. The in that the Goldbergs is set in the eighties, and then they just don't care when things happened. It's not set. I don't think it's in the eighties anymore because, I mean, it's been on for like eight seasons. But but um, but it's kind of like that. Where like if you're if you're historically like inclined, it'll piss you off because things didn't happen in the order that they happened, or things weren't available when they say they were available. It's a little bit like the the Atari um, twenty six hundred episode of Freaks and Geeks, where the point is. The kid wanted Atari. It didn't didn't really matter the rest, right? The details were too geeky, and it came out at a time when no one cared, but um, and no one even remembered Atari. So, but if you go back and watch that, you'll be like, oh my god, there's a fifty two hundred cartridge when it shouldn't be. It just yeah, it doesn't matter. Cares. It's whatever they had. So one thing um, about that you were mentioning that you wanted the the new arcade one up machine. Yes. there is the Tempest Legacy machine. But it's currently that's the twelve. That's the one of twelve games. Oh, okay. The new one is the Centipede Legacy game. Just oh, okay. Well, the Tempest one has both 
both a spinner yes, and a trestle. Yes, but the spinner is not doesn't spin all the way around. Oh, okay. It's like okay. it's like a regular Atari paddle instead of a driving controller. Okay. They made that mistake, so people are actually having to re- replace it with another controller, and so I th- I'm pretty sure they fixed that problem in the new one because now it says it has real arcade controls because they like effed it up. Okay, um, okay. So I'm gonna what that's it's four hundred and something bucks. I was gonna uh, have um, them yeah, deliver that to it. my garage for my birthday, but I'm gonna wait now. No, wait, wait for Father's Day. Okay, and get the get the you and I will both get the centipede one, and you can add it to your garage, add it to my garage, and it'll be fun. Because if you look at it, you know one of the well one of the problems with it is that it has a, a horizontal screen, but almost all the games are vertical. But yeah. they say they still plays pretty well because the screen's pretty big, so it so it's bigger than the screen was. Ho- vertically, it's almost the same size as the screen was in the in the arcade, so it's kind of okay. Um, not exactly the same size, but 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 it's it's good enough. That's what pe- people say. But it does include the one game that does. I think it has mis- Missile Command. That's what that's what the original one did anyway, and that game does use you know the the horizontal screen. So, but but look, it, it, you know you you could just get a get a get one of the arcade games that plays all the games. But I kind of enjoy the idea of a curated collection in a machine. Got it. Um, that actually that they actually make the games work. So that's why I want to get it, and I like that this new one is centipede themed, which is which is really cool. Well, I was going to let you know, I got a couple interesting things that um, I, I, I went a lot toward joysticks for some reason. Uh-huh. I have all the stuff. So I got what I'm using now plugged into the, um, the computer all the time for use on the ST and any, or any other thing is a two button trooper joystick. Now the trooper is, is made by the same people who do the ret- retron 77, but the trooper is a new joystick and it's, it's a USB. So it's not the plug-in Retron 77 joystick. It's really nice. I also got this thing called it's a nine, it's a it's kind of like the um Stell adapter, except for it's not just for the computer. You plug two joysticks into it, and they can both be used to plug into a retro pie. So you can plug two original Atari joysticks in and use it in a retro pot. Oh wow. It's really cool. And one of the one other thing I got was this this piece de resistance. It is a nine-pin clicky, hear that? Clicky oh, yeah. joystick remade that works on the Atari ST, the the Amiga, any other machines, and it has two things in the front to to press in for auto fire for the two buttons. But also, it give they give you hardware to remap the buttons for machines that have where you could use two buttons on them with Does a it work with on the seven hundred. It will. I think it work. I think it'll work on the seven hundred too. But I, you gotta see because I have this whole. But I don't want to remap. The is, I don't. I. I. What I. All the, I have all. The, all comes with all the hardware to remap the buttons, but I haven't done it yet. Because you go inside, you just. Yeah, I'd like plug to know. Look jumpers. it up because I have this whole weird contraption to remap the buttons for my seven hundred. Okay, it's kind of annoying. I mean, I use like a a Genesis gamepad plus the 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 remapper plugged in. It's a, it's a big. I have so many you know hooked what, up did, to my seventy hundred. But you got a Siegel seventy. You got a yeah, Siegel seventy eight. You can just yeah. plug a Genesis controller in there and use I the did, second button. But I was thinking about if that controller looked oh, more oh, fun. Yeah, but with this one, you would need to use buttons. one of the remappers. So there's a you you have <clears> jumpers <throat> and you can remap the ju- yeah. buttons with jumpers. That's um, I bet it will work on the seventy hundred. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm you not know. saying what I have is bad. I'm saying that clicky joystick looks fun. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Um, and I well, like the Genesis controller and it's fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm building, still building 7,800, you know, um, uh, uh, homebrew just slowly. We'll get to you that. Know, in what a I second. did was I finished, I, I got my, all the code done for the hundred levels of my game. And I realized that like, it's, it's, it's boring. And so and I got to figure out how to make, how to not extra make extra weapons. You need a spread. You just no, have extra weapons. I need to do it. Oh. And yeah, I need, I think, and this is, this comes from this. And this is the next discussion I want to have for you, have with you. So, so Atari recharged, yeah. you know, they, they've got this Atari, Atari, uh, the, the old Atari guy that was running. Atari I bought them all. Left. Yeah. So the old guy that's running Atari left. Because new guy named Wade Rosen, and if there's an interview with him, I saw, and he's really kind of into retro stuff. Um, he well, and and retro and and remade and retro and and reimagined, but recharged is a bit is is one of the things that um he was hot on. You know, Atari has has uh, has has a great track record with these recharge games. So a lot a lot of them are made by Adam Vision, which is a you know which is a, which is I think is a one man, two person development shop. But they started with Missile Command, which is pretty good. I like it. I think that the problem, well, it was still, it was an, it's a mobile game first, mobile first game. I think it suffers from, you know, the need to sell in-app purchase stuff. I don't know if they still have them in there, but I think they were at the beginning. And as a mobile first game, you know, Missile Command works kind of, but you have to imagine when, when, after Missile Command came out, and I think there was SDI and there was a game called Incoming in the 90s, like a 3D. The actual Missile Command gameplay is pretty much was done as good as it could be done in the arcade, the original arcade game. Like, I, right. like it's, it's hard. It's hard to make a game Missile Command any better than it is because I think it. It is what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, because there is Missile Command 3D. It doesn't help it at all. I mean, so the Sega made that game SDI. It's a different game than the SDI made by Cinemaware. Oh. Sega made one called SDI, where you do it's like Missile Command, but you're flying. One the first thing you're flying in space and shoot missiles, and it's just <laughs> it turns Missile Command into a a side scrolling shooter. It's actually pretty good, but it's not Missile Command. That's the only thing you could do is make a different game out of it to make Missile Command, not Missile yeah. Command, right? But um, I thought that Recharge, I think, I thought Recharge was weird. The re- Missile Command Recharge was a little odd because it used a vector graphic style for a game that originally wasn't that vector. That wasn't vector, graphics. right. Well, they want to keep that style, I think. Yeah, so, so, so I, can't, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out why it didn't work there. But the next Recharge game came out, Centipede Recharged, I believe that game. was number two. Centipede Recharge keeps the same style. But Centipede Recharged is about a million times better than Missile Command. It's probably the best game Atari has made in 25 years. Since Hard Driving or something like that? Uh, no, I would say since since Tempest 2000. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Because it is the co-op. So first of all, it's Centipede, right? You get one life, which which is which is which is okay because that's what a lot of one life games are imagined. Okay. Yeah, what one life games are fine with me actually. They're fine because that's what the reimagined thing. And there and there there are leaderboards for personal leaderboards, worldwide leaderboards, friends leaderboards. Then the the whole concept is you're trying to get as many points as possible. It actually makes points interesting again too. because you're with one life points points actually become interesting. Yeah, become interesting. The, uh, other thing is, so it's fun. It, it, it's 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 centipede. It's almost exactly like the original centipede. There's some little tweaks and stuff. It's vector, you know, though, you, right? It's it's, vector. But it's vector. You still have the scorpion. You still have the fleas. 
um, you still have the spiders. When the spiders come out, they drop extra weapons. The extra weapons are, for the most part, really good and timed. And it made me think for my 7800 game that timed extra weapons is actually a really fun and interesting way to go. The co-op mode is amazing. Well, we can play it. If we want to do a recording on our birthday, we can play it because I, I don't have know all we, of them. We can't play it over the internet, though. You can't play co- you're only going to play co-op side by side. But we can maybe be, get side by side and play. <laughs> I don't that could happen. It could happen. So so what happened I mean, is I'm, my I'm, son I'm, I'm came home from college and he's like and and like day 2 I'm like, "Hey, you want to play a game?" And I got I got my two PlayStation 5 controllers of which we've never used both of them at the same time. <laughs> they're usually like they usually one when one battery runs out, we get the other and then the other one charges up. And <clears throat> we started playing Centipede recharged and at first i forgot to tell him he could hold down the button for auto fire but after that we have uh probably played it 500 times that that's not, not that's not being it's i'm not, not even it's not a liberal estimate it's, it's not a, a liberal estimate um and and we're number 35 on the leaderboard right now in the world and we're wow. working our way up the leaderboard because here's what happens in centipede recharge so you get one life in the regular game but in the in the co-op up game if, if one of the players dies um very soon after spider will drop a heart that brings the other guy back back to life and so you can continually do that continually re like resuscitate the other player and keep going and it makes for an absolutely super compelling game i don't know if they meant to do it but they i don't know if they're great game designers or they just stumbled upon something i'm i'm not being overly excited about it because we play it all the time. And so there's no really hyperbole fun. there. When does no when hyperbole? Does, when does your son go back? Oh, uh, January. ten days. Okay, so we're, so you got we're 10 trying more days to hit to 80,000. Yeah, we're trying to hit eighty thousand. But in, we we like to make it in the top ten. I don't think that's going to happen. But anyway, okay, so did you play Centipede Recharge? What did I you think? I played all of them. Cool. I like all of them. I think Asteroids Recharge is my favorite. Just okay, and tell, so tell me about Asteroids Recharge. Well, it looks like you're shooting. Chocolate chip cookie, like like a chocolate I, chip cookies. Okay, I think they look like diseased potatoes myself. Okay, cho- I'm saying chocolate chip cookies, um, but it's fun. No, I just like asteroids. Like so, like as soon as you can get me a good n- new version of asteroids, I'm in. Yeah, it has so it has almost the identical extra weapons that centipede has. Yes. It also oh, has yeah, the right. co-op mechanic with the heart to revive the other guy. So in that way, it's it, it, it follows the same rules. It should be as fun. Um, I think there, I don't under, I don't know why it's not as good as Centipede. I just think that Centipede itself may just be a better game than Asteroids. In general, don't, yeah. Don't hang me for that because I know I love Asteroids. I'm not going to hang you for anything but, you say. Or, or maybe or maybe just, just as Asteroids Recharged goes, as the Recharge series goes, Centipede is just the best one. Um, if you played Black Widow, I have it. I played a little bit, but I actually have trouble figuring out what to do. Okay. It's a dual stick shooter. And you move with one stick, you shoot with the other. Uh, but but then you're limited to the, um, the the web on the screen. It is just not as good as as, as what what I think. I think as as the four recharge games go, I'd say that Black Widow is the bottom. Missile Command is two. Asteroids is is. Oh, sorry, Missile Command is three. Asteroids is two, and Centipede is one. Um, however. That's not that's not knocking any of them. This is an amazing. This is the first time Atari's done anything cohesive to, right. to re to re relaunch their games and actually done a really good job. And they're across it, almost every platform. 
Okay, so um, here's my problem. Yeah. Atari ST. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I had zero problem using the the advanced Atari ST targeted stuff to make an Atari ST game of Scramble that worked pretty well. I had my demos up and I, I did make a little joystick when it worked good, but it wasn't as fast as I wanted to be. But when I compared it against other Atari ST games, it was as good or better. But when I've played through the pantheon of Atari ST games now, there's nothing I can do in this Atari ST targeted scramble that's any better than a million other side scrollers and a couple scramble games that are pretty good that are out there already right. for it. I want to target Atari STE because I can do like every time with Atari ST, I can have stereo sound, I can have all kinds of stuff. I don't have to worry about it. I could problem is I could so I could just use the current engine. And put stereo sound in. That's one thing. I could just do that, right? And right. so you could it could work on the ST, um, it could work on a regular ST too if you just knew you weren't still you weren't gonna get music in it because music's what's gonna play in the background. Um, and then spot effects are gonna be um effects done with the ST's um sound chip, but all all sampled, yeah. right? Right. So that I could do that. The problem is I want to run faster than that. So I wanna have like the background with it with the hardware scrolling, and I want to use the blitter chip and stuff like that. And trying to get these things to work together is what people back mentioned where like they don't work together very well. You got to find ways around it. Like the Amiga was built with all of their extra chips working together. Right. The ST has three <laughs> extra chips to do stuff like it's got hardware scroll and it's got blitter. It's got some other stuff, right? The, the, the digital sound, they all effing get in the way of one another. And, and I'm not programming up the hardware level. I'm poking it in STOS because I'm not good enough in assembly language, right? So it's like it's like I'm banging my head just trying to get something to work. But once I get today, I have another version I'm working on, hopefully to get my scrolling to work with the sprites and the sound all working together. Once I get that done, I see a billion games I want to make. I just want to get this one done. So yeah, that's so where I am. Thing, like I, I have about six games I started on the 7800. I want to get one complete. You know, I want it to have the high score stuff in it. I want it to have pokey music. I want it to actually be a fun game to play and and just have it as a, a game that's on our website. I, I do wonder if it might be fun to make games themed to the to the podcast or crossover games that go from the 7800 to the ST. Well, that, so that the 7800 to ST works really well at the moment because I think that I can replicate everything. Well, I, don't, yeah, I don't even mean that. The STE, what I, meant by I can replicate everything. Is, that's but, fine. What I'm saying is, okay, and I, I'll let you fit finish. Go, go, go ahead. I'll say on the STE, I can replicate everything you have on the 7800, including the sounds. And on the 7800, you can replicate everything that's coming from the ST pretty much. Yeah. Um, because it's timed to the screen, where the ST is not necessarily timed to a TV screen. And that's where you get more throughput is if your device is timed to the TV screen. It's going to run faster. So, but I was saying this. I wasn't. Th- I was thinking more along the lines of a crossover where you play one game and then you you, play, you finish that game. You get a code or something to put into the other game and play. I would like you- to do those. We could. I would want to have ports though too. I want them to span multiple. De- Port, multiple ports devices. would be kind of fun too. Yeah. Like I want them to sp- scan multiple. Like like I don't. We don't need it. Like if I make the scramble game, that's just something I want to finish to be able to make a scrolling shooting game and get a scramble port out there for the STE. But other than that, I want to make other games. Like I want to make the I want to make the scrolling Pumpkin Man game. I want to make the scrolling um, version of Retro Blaster. And those are all things I want to get done on the ST. And those are ones I can easily port over. Not easily, but can be ported over to the seven hundred also. Yeah. No, I would. I, I think that's that's an enjoyable thing. I know this takes a long time. Like I think I worked. I, I I've worked for about four months straight on 
on my current game, which is Orion Assault, it's called now. And um, and no one's, I don't think I've ever, I haven't even shown anything for like six or seven months. Right, right. that's okay. Um, because I decided to, to, to go low-key on it. And, you know, it's too much pressure. I know. Um, and then I was going to do it, and then I got sick. And and when I was sick, the only thing that would that would kind of I needed to have like some Zen meditation. The only thing that that I could that, that kind of calmed me down was going through those newspaper ads and finding that's newspapers. awesome. Newspaper ads are fucking I found popular about too. Three thousand ads so far, and well, three thousand because some of them I have multiple, not multiple copies, but like I'll have the ad in, in the full ad, and then I zoom in so you can read stuff. But I was also then kind of branched out was finding like comic strips and cartoons about video games and computers that came in the, during the gold. Oh yeah. Gold those age. were good too. Um, you know, there's full series. Did you know there was a full Tron um, syndicated comic strip that came out before the movie came out? No. That That's follows awesome. the entire movie. No. Disney used to make these. They made one for Condor man. They made one for night crossing. I mean, they, it, it's kind of weird. Like the, I didn't even know these existed because we didn't in, in the comics page i would just skip those and go directly to like you know bloom county or something i never uh, you know the they right, look they right. look the the, the 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 things that look like actual comic book comics were, weren't what i was interested in you know back in like the the early 80s hey everybody it's bill from atari bytes every week on my show i play a great old game then I read an original short story I wrote inspired by that game. Loosely inspired. Okay, often completely different. Sometimes not even based on any sort of reality. In contrast, on Into the Vertical Blank, which you're listening to right now, you get real stories about real people and what these games mean to them. So keep listening. <coughs> hey, hey! so we have just now brought on Tony Longworth. Tony, introduce yourself a little bit, Tony. Hi, I'm Tony Longworth. Hi from the UK. Afternoon, I believe it's morning there. Um, music composer, uh, 8-bit and 16-bit, total geek, Atari nut, etc., etc. Big Jeff Minter fan as well. I've got to kind of put that one out. Also, one of my current uh, jobs at the moment, current gigs, is writing the music for Heart of Neon. The Jeff Minter documentary by Paul oh, Doherty. So wow. I kind of want to awesome. throw that one there as well. We've also seen in your day job you are helping making music for games, for actual games oh, that are being published. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, good yeah. So, games. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So some good, good indie kind of retro uh, games. So uh, it's it's just um, as I say, indie company called Tudo Games. T U D O U Games. And um, we're on Steam. We're on Google Play. We're on on Apple Store, and we've just released Froggerty Arcade 2, which is like a 3D, isometric 3D Frogger game. Uh, so we did that before Christmas. There's a whole load of other stuff as well. So I write all the music, sound effects, stuff like that. So uh, Stu does all the programming. We've got various artists as well. So yeah, it's going well. It's great. Some great games. Well, as an introduction from our side for Tony, um, Steve and I uh, met Tony via, I think, Twitter, and he said, hey, Here's a song called Into the Vertical Blank. And we put it on maybe episode, <laughs> what was it, like three or four? It was way Probably back an early one. And, um, and ever since then, we have tried to include at least one Tony song either in at the end of the episode or even interspersed inside a story if we could because they're so good. They're, I want to call them their sort of psych, psychedelic electronica. I don't know if that's a good name for it, but they're, uh, they're that's, also that's a great. 
psychedelic retronica. Yeah, retronica. Ah, what's that? I'm taking psychedelic that. Retronica. Um, but let's get straight into our game for today. So this is our roundtable about Atari computer games. And our first game we're doing is for the Atari ST, because all three of us are pretty much experts in the 8-bit Ataris and the ST cut. Maybe not experts, but we played a whole crap load of games on them, right? Exactly. So I Big think fans. This is, uh, we would love to have a uh, <laughs> podcast that kind of talks about Atari computer games in maybe serious, not so serious way. And this is the first start. So our first game is Lamatron 2012 by Lamasoft. And it was delivered to the world in 1991, first on the Atari ST, then it made it to the Amiga, and then it made it to DOS in 1992. Programmed by the prolific Czar Jazz Master, Jeff Minter. Now, That's true. Um, I Czar do Jazz have... Master. I only yeah. remember I Jeff you. Minter from before 91. Yeah. I mean, obviously he did stuff for the 8-bit, right? He um, yeah. Attack of the Mutant Camels and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember yeah. his... I've actually got the original. Tony has the cassette for the. <laughs> I have the original here. That's well. amazing. I yeah, remember I his column in the back of SE Action. I don't know if it's yeah. every every issue or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the back, yeah. <clears throat> and, awesome. and what I what I remember is he was um, or is still uh, very influenced by the games of Williams and Atari Tempest. Is you know pretty much gaming for him peaked then. And he's been on a quest to recreate and remaster and reimagine those games ever since. That's true. Yeah, yeah, he has. He has. Tempest 2000 on the Atari Jag. Awesome. Uh, Steve yeah. purchased me a Jaguar, I think, for Christmas 96. I think right. it was 95 or 96. And he, one of the four games that came with Tempest 2000, and it, I mean, it came with Wolfenstein, which is fantastic, but Tempest 2000 is still the game I play. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I still play it. I've, I've got my Atari Jag set up in the studio down there. Nice. I, I play it a lot, so it's it's great on a I, big TV. I did get Tempest X for the PlayStation 1, which is an incredible version of the game. Yeah. Still not as good as the Jaguar. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. Now, what was so, the name of the Tempest-inspired um, uh, game that Minter made that Atari sued him for? TX, uh, was it TK1? Something, something, something like, like that. that. But, but I mean, he went and made Tempest Four Thousand after that. So obviously, uh, there which is, is which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, they, yeah. I have that. I have all this, all of his games on Steam that I can procure. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I've got them all on the PS4. The great on um on Lomatron, This was a game that Jeff Minter he decided that he wanted to put a game out in shareware for the first time. Yeah, and public domain. Wasn't it? Yeah. In this game, he put it out on it was public domain in quotes, but also, so what he did was he actually, his shareware model was a little different. He does explain all of it on Atari Mania. He put this game out and he gave it to Future Publishing and they put out two versions, the a one meg and a, and a half meg version. Half meg version just kind of limits the samples down to a, a lower bit rate. But mm. um, he wanted, if you register this game, his idea of shareware was that he would send you another game because this game was full. So I got this game off, um, I think it was the uh, ST Action um, magazine off the disc. Right. And I think at the time I only had a 520 ST. So I had the, the lower 
rate samples. So all the voice samples on this were a little bit muffled in, in, the, in the lower one. But later on, I got a 1040 ST, played the one meg version so much crisper and clearer. But I loved the game so much back then, I actually sent Jeff the five pounds. I actually sent him the five pounds and he sent, so as, as he says on, on, on the screen now, we can actually get on the screen, he actually yeah. sent uh, an amazing poster. I think it was, um, I think it was Lamasoft poster done by uh, Steiner Lund, the artist he used a lot. Um, I got one of the newsletters, the Nature of the Beast newsletters, probably still got both the poster and the newsletter in the attic somewhere. And I also got Andy's Attack, which I've got oh, right yeah. here. Right. As yeah. Well. So we we did the same thing from the U.S., which was really hard, actually, because sending, oh, yeah, I was gonna say, but that was sending that was snail mail to Jeez. whales back <laughs> then was like, what are you doing? Yeah. So we did send out for this game and we got back Andy's attack and I still have the, the disc. That's amazing. That's amazing. But Andy's attack is actually one of the games we'll get to because I think we're going to go through a lot of yeah. our jazz this year. Yeah, we, you Andy's know what? We, we, we've got to play that. Definitely has a control yeah. system with the mouse and the keyboard that yeah. is. Yeah, I think the great thing that Jeff did all, through all his games was make sure that the game was as close to possible, making the human user interface as best as he could figure out how to yeah. make it. Yeah, um, so it was like seamless. You, you, it, it was more of a subconscious thing, really. Yes. With the control system and the game, you're part of the game. I was just going to say the so Lamatron. The I really like the the single joystick version works. I've never played the double joystick like the Robotron version, but I've actually so I've, I've played this game over the last week, um, and I've actually played it on the original CX40 oh, Atari. Nice. Joystick. So I've been I've been rocking this game. Nice, yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm playing it on an emulator. I'm playing it on. Oh, with the six forty uh, too. Um, yeah, mine yeah, is yeah, a Ranger. By, by the people that do the Retron seventy seven. Let's talk about it first. What is Lamatron? Tony, give us a little rundown of what Lamatron actually is. Okay, so Lamatron, inspired by Williams's Robotron twenty eighty four, the Eugene Jarvis game. It's it's a Jeff Minter spin on it. So instead of uh, a humanoid destroying all these robots, you're a llama destroying all these very, very, very random things, <laughs> such as cans of coke, telephones. I'm trying to think of some. There's, 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 there's like brains, drops. coke cans. Brains. Yeah. What else we got yeah, on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah the, the weird little droids. There's, there's, there's babies that you can't destroy, like little babies, which you can it, knock back with your. Um, with with your laser, um, and it's it's just an awesome blast, really. And it's it's just level after level, a hundred levels. There's the cans of coke. So basically, and, and then <laughs> instead of rescuing humanoids, you're rescuing fluffy beasties. M most of the levels, you don't have to rescue all the little fluffy beasts, um, but you get points for rescuing them. There's herd waves where you've actually got to rescue every single one. Yes, you got to uh, get the herd waves. These the spiky wave... things are. are, are, are Oh, terrible. <laughs> they, they, they fire the spikes out at diagonal angles, and yeah. Plus, you get your power-ups, so there's a whole ton of power-ups. There's a Pink Floyd power-up, which gives you massive bonus. There's obviously a, um, a three-way laser power-up. There's awesome laser. There's loads. There's loads of stuff. Extra life as well. The game loads up, and you're able to choose from multiple control systems. Mm. The simplest control system is just to use a regular joystick, and if you press the button and push in any particular way, Right. You can actually, your fire will stay and going in that direction, which is good. But you can sure. also, there's also a couple other ways to play it. One, you just get a droid that helps you, which is utterly fantastic. Yeah, Follows it's a, a weird little purple droid. 
Freud, isn't it? It's just exactly yeah, it's great, and, it, and it's, it's and got then, you back all the time. Then now, also, is, uh, by the way, this a, is the automation. Well, no, this is only the five twelve K one that couldn't get the one made. Oh, okay, one. well, on yeah. the um, so on Atari Mania, they have both versions too. So it's easy to get the full version of this game. That was the the text you just had on the screen, Steve. Is Minter's big text message that you can read on Atari Mania? I was gonna say that's Jeff's rant against the game industry. Yes, how it was yeah. <laughs> let's read it in. Jeff. We'll bring it up. Just yeah, yeah. You want to bring it up, Steve? Yeah, this yeah. Let me. He says, yeah, which I completely agree with. Well, I can't go all the way through it. Let just a little see. bit. You can can I go it. page up or I don't know how to do page up or page down on this. Um, it's about how to play the game itself. I really want to get to the rant. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, basically the rant is in the 80s, it used to be just you uh, creating the game and selling and you, you had more of a direct route to the game player. And then suddenly the businessmen realized they wanted a slice and they wanted to get in the middle there. They got and the whole slice. Eventually, <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, then eventually all the programmers were doing uh, movie licensed games and on and, and all the games that were all the same. There was nothing different. That 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 was that's one of the things that I love about Jeff's games is the different, the completely different. Okay, this is inspired by Robotron, but it's a complete Jeff spin on it. And 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 that's what he's getting at really. There was there's not a lot of original games because businessmen are kind of ruining it for everybody and they're just in it for the Porsches and whatever else. That was Jeff's rant. Wasn't it really? The interesting sure. thing was that he took concepts that weren't 100% original and made mm. incredibly original games out of them, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's saying, look, this game concept of Defender or Stargate or Robotron or Tempest is an incredible game concept. I'm going to fill it with Zarjaz. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> and furry beasts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I've met Jeff Minter on about three occasions. Um, I think two of them were at Atari computer shows in London, and the other one was like a general computer show. And, and on all of them, he had a big stand. And I think the last time I saw him, it might have been late 80s, early 90s. Oh, no, it, it, was, probably, it was probably in the 90s. He had a massive Llamasoft stand, big projector, and he was doing demos of, uh, I don't think it was Color Space, I think it was Tripatron. And it was, uh, oh, it was just yeah. amazing. And he's, he's just such a cool, down-to-earth guy as well. It's so cool. Steve, is that you playing, starting up? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have the sound on. But... Uh... Cool. It, the sounds are amazing. Actually, I don't know how to turn the sound off. Actually, you can't because then you'll turn yourself down. Yeah, so yeah. Just so let, let it just, just, um, just let it sit like this. So when, when you get killed and there's the oh fuck and there's yeah, like a bang. It totally you sounds know, like Steve yelling oh, oh fuck by the way. Yeah, yeah. So basically if you go oh fuck and as he says fuck, if you press pause, plays the whole sample. And it says, oh, <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. Well, I played a lot and what I finally figured out was that you can continue, I think it's three times, and your score yeah, keeps so. going up. So I was finally able to get a respectable score, not a Tony level score, but I got <laughs> well, up to I think uh, I think two hundred eighteen thousand by, by to level twenty two yeah. by by doing by continuing. But my first game well, was fifty thousand. Yeah, well, you know, I I saw your updated score, the two hundred eighteen thousand, and it says withdrawed, and then I continued through the continues, <laughs> yeah. and I updated mine. And I was like, with a droid, no continues. Yeah, I believe <laughs> it. I, I believe be, it. I be like, with, like, with, like, with, like, with, like, <laughs> But to me, 
I was never. I'm not that great of a video game player, so I need trainers to get through games. You know what? I was gonna say I'm not great at games. I just I just love games, but because I, I played this one a lot, I'm I'm pretty okay at this game kind of thing. But you know what? When back in the '90s, when I had this game and I played it to death, I actually could get up to level 50, probably with continues. Oh, wow. I was on level 50 something. It was something crazy. And I was like, I, I want to do the hundred levels, and I never did. But it was, uh, it just, you know what? The game get every Jeff Minter game starts off, and it starts off pretty easy, and then suddenly it ramps up, and and you, it's just full on, and it, it's and and it, it this is the same really because <laughs> I can't remember what level it is, but you get. Have you seen the lasers? What it's, Minter does is he throws in some of the meanest possible enemy <laughs> that you can imagine, and one of them is what a Rorsch, not a Rorschach, it's a Mandelbrot. Oh, the Mandelbrot. Mandelbrot. Mandelbrot yeah. that cannot that, that takes like about a million hits to destroy. Looks pretty awesome. Well, what is I the sound? That was like the hardest one. It. It's the the sound is horrendous when you're hitting it with with bullets. Yes. It's just like it's it, it's so intense that like you're like sound. Um, yeah, it's great. And then the There's other one that comes phone. up are those lasers. So at first it said laser. I kept on trying to pick it up, thinking it was a yeah. a, a power up, and I kept on dying. Yeah. What's going on? It's just a little, little gray thing. It's like killing me. What's going on? Yeah. There's both a horizontal and a vertical one, and it splits the Jeez. screen into squares. And if you run in any of the lasers, you're dead. So like you, they, they come on now and again, don't they? You can see them moving, and you yeah. know the laser is going to come out either end, either vertical or horizontal. And you, if you hit the little laser creator, you can knock them back a bit but it's it's so you just get pinned pinned to the corner very easily killed. there's the high scores <laughs> all right all right let's see if we can... i'll shut it down there you go anyway, crazy, so crazy sample minter throws on as many objects as he possibly can on the screen and during crazy. the during some of the levels this works perfect no matter what what he does is instead of Instead of what some people will do, which is be slow down the action, he actually starts doing a frame skip on some of the some of the action. So your your guy, your guy, your llama is still running at 30 frames a second. Some of your missiles and some of the enemies start jumping and only moving like every 15 frames or like so Jeez. that the game still runs fluid for you. You can see still yeah. a little bit of it, but what he does is he wanna make sure that that this game did not play bad. Like the he playability yeah. is what it's about. And exactly. Was, and I, I read a couple reviews and it was like, oh, the graphics are ugly. And I'm all, graphics are ugly, man. Except for that first weird purple face that comes on level two. Oh, yeah. I think the graphics are fantastic. Like my amazing. My rating yeah. for this game is a 10 out of 10. I mean, just because of how addictive it is. But you one of the things, graphics remind me of a little bit of time bandit like some of the those first oh, yeah. little bit of time atari bandit, st yeah. graphics that were that yeah. were done yeah these yeah. are these are generally like let's let's move let's get the st at its best which is kind of these sort of 8-bitty looking graphics that can move really yeah. fast not really this is not an amiga game this is an atari st game, just to, yeah as an, yeah. as an aside and um, then it's i was just going to say that the, the the amount of graphics in there so there's a hundred levels and the amount of little weird mini animated things is, <laughs> yeah. is mind-boggling. It, it's just so much in there. It's yeah, so, so is, great. He stuck everything in possible. So let's go back a little bit. I'm going to read a little bit what Jeff Minter wrote about the four different play modes. So this is a Robotron-style game. Basically, um, there's play mode number one. 
single standard one player, just you and them. Okay, game level, game type two. Player plus droid, you're joined by a purple blob, which is invincible and does much funky stuff like tooting around, getting all your beasties for you and shoot up the meanies for you. You were advised to play your first games with the droid. I pl will play all my games with the droid. <laughs> yeah, the droid's great. Yeah, it collects all, it collects all the, the, the beasties. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so you don't have to. Um, yeah. In fact, it works really well in that herd mode because it's just... Oh, yeah, 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 because you. you're trying to destroy everything and he's just collecting. It's great. And then there's team mode where you can play side by side with two people and two joysticks, which would be fantastic if any of us had a second player next to us to play with. At the <laughs> no, no. Um, which we haven't. Then there's a two joystick mode. So I don't know how this works. I'm going to get to work. Basically, if you have two joysticks in, you can play the game. It says, basically, he says this. If you're lucky enough to have a setup which allows two joysticks bolted to a table, which is, you know, all of us, <laughs> um, <laughs> one in each hand, you can use this mode which recreates the firing method of the Williams Arcade Machine. You yeah. use the usual stick to move your llama and the second one to fire and aim. To access this mode, begin a game by pressing fire on the second stick instead of the usual one. Steve, were yeah. you able to play and get a, play this game and get a score? Uh, not, not for any type of score, Jeff. I didn't I didn't try so, it. Uh, Tony did much better than I did. I got to level 22 and got to 218,000. And I saw, like, you know, 22 of the levels. I, I can't wait to see the other what, oh. 70... Was no yeah. seventy eight. <laughs> what craziness is going to be? Because the game this. gets impossible at a certain <laughs> place. I know, I know, it, it does. So I got to level twenty six, two hundred forty nine thousand, and yeah, it was just like it was so difficult. And I was thinking, how the hell did I get to level fifty something back in the day? That was just crazy. Well, because you had a lot of time to sit there and. <laughs> Much more time. Yeah, no family, nothing else to do. Yeah, probably just playing this all the time. True. I don't know. I find my video game skills actually better now than when I was like 19 years old. I have more time to, to do you sit have down more, and you, think about you play it. it. Do you play more action games? Do you play a lot, play a lot more? Well, well, I'm saying like like Laser Blast, for example. There's Atari oh. VCS. Like I can do way better on that now. Or River Raid, way better now than I could back when I was like 12, 12 years old. I don't. Mm. I can't explain why that would be. Maybe I just decided that I have more time now to, to do it than back then. But yeah, yeah it, could, it could be that. It could be that. I think if I took a week off and just played this, I'd probably. <laughs> like it's not um, gonna happen. <laughs> so I, I know you will have some of these too. I took a few notes on this game, just some observations of the coolest things that I found. I thought the hardest enemies that I got to were the brains, and the brains create what are called zombies. So basically, there's yeah. zombie beasties. They get your beasties, and you're in the zombies that basically come to come to get you. So yeah. they're fast zombies. These are well, the World War Z yeah. had really, really fast zombies. Yeah, World War Z or the, re or the remake of Dawn of the Dead, when yes. they run oh, zombies. Yeah. As well. yeah. yeah, yeah, zombies. Yeah. Send more cars. Those. <laughs> of course, see, those movies miss the whole point of the original zombie movie, but that's okay. True. True. <laughs> and then when you end a level, I thought that you picked up a, a like almost like a Commodore 64 rainbow. Did you see that? Or is that more like an Activision rainbow? There's something 
at the end oh, of the movie. Oh, no, no. Are you thinking of the Pink Floyd bonus? What? Oh, it's the Pink it's Floyd pink... bonus. Yes, it's, okay. It's Dark Side of the Moon. I saw okay. it. Now I know what it is. It's Dark Side of the it's Moon. It's a Floyd bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That okay. makes yeah. a lot more sense. It makes yeah. a lot more sense than it being a Commodore or an Activision. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's that... meant to be a massive yes. Pink Floyd fan. Being and a... I am as well. So I like Pink Floyd. That's great. I was just about to say, I got into Pink Floyd because of Jeff Minter. Because of this? Playing Jeff Minter's games. I was like, I've got to get into this. I've got to get into this. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely nothing wrong with chilling out to some really good Pink yeah. Floyd. The <clears throat> the herd waves are a pain in the ass. Yeah. The when you have both horizontal and vertical laser enemies, oh. the game becomes impossible. Yeah. But you yeah. get three three continues. Those are my. Although we yeah. already discussed those, those are my big notes about this. I, I, gave, I was going to say another difficult. Oh please. Level or levels. Are the, um, the 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 big weight at the top, which drops down when you're straight under it. Have you seen the big weight? The big is it sixteen pound weight, and it drops and flattens you. Have you seen that no. one? That's, oh, yo, the sixteen pound weight. Oh, the sixteen pound yeah. weight is awful. Drops so from the top of the you, screen and it hits you and yeah. crushes you. Right. It kind of moves slowly left and right, following <laughs> you. But if you get anywhere underneath it, it'll just drop, and it drops so fast. So you've got to play that level at the bottom of the screen. Really, it's so difficult. That, so that, very, that, I think yeah. the people that enjoy Jeff Minter games the most, you have to play them a lot and find all the brilliance that he's thrown into these games. Like yeah, it's exactly. not just he doesn't just yeah. port something. He yeah. ports something and then he throws in every bit of his imagination while he was smoking. Exactly. I don't know if he's really smoking. Sure about that. I don't know what he was doing at the time. <laughs> not be libelous here. Um, it's legal. <laughs> no, yeah. It's legal here yeah. at least. So if you were gonna give this game a rating, Tony. What oh, kind of geez. rating would you give this game? I, so how about for graphics? Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go right across the board, and I'm probably going to give it full marks. Okay, so 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 realistically, the graphics, yeah, they're small, um, but I love them. So I'm, I'm going to give them like sort of eight, eight, eight out of ten, maybe. When we talk about graphics, though, also yeah. think about this: how do the graphics enhance the gameplay and the effects that he puts in affect the game and make it more than the sum of its parts because they do right like to me they, yeah, yeah they're like a nine like an eight or a nine because they may just be little graphics he put together as little eight bitty looking colorful eight bitty graphics let's say they're amstrad cpc graphics right you get like yeah colorful yeah. eight bit graphics my graphics score to nine out of ten because there's no slowdown no basically because yeah the, the gameplay the graphic gameplay just keeps going really it's it's amazing the sound i gave it a 10 i know it's just purely a bunch of samples but that like sample when you die um it yeah. sounds like one of us yelling basically yeah <laughs> it's so cool it's it's okay I, 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 i'm gonna give that 10 out of 10 because that that's the first thing i fell in love with when i put, put the game on um, you know, I don't want to slate the ST and the sound chip. Well, we know, we you know, know that we know the ST sound chip. <laughs> you know, what yeah. So, so you get all these ST games which look great, and there was like, you know, the sound wasn't that good. This game, amazing. It's like samples. It's just all samples. So, so I, I, I love the fact that it was all samples. It, it just blew my mind. And at, at the time, I mean, still now, I mean, I love sampling. So at the time, ninety one, all yeah. these amazing samples, samples. in a game. It just blew my mind. And you're wondering where he got them, too, like how he sampled them, because this is about... I know. I know. I know there's so many random places. I'm sure there's a lot of vinyl and a lot of TV, and I don't know. Yeah, He's like a, a fully expert. Okay, so um, I gave it sound a 10 also. Gameplay in this game. I guess the gameplay and addictability kind of go hand in hand yeah, in this yeah. one. I just gave it an I'm... 11. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a 10. If I can give it an 11, I'll give it an 11. <laughs> I'm hooked on this game. I've just played 
since I knew we were going to do this, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play the, I'll, I'll give the game a couple of plays, and then hours and hours later, I was like, geez, I better go and do something, like take the kids to school and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> just start forgetting things. So, you know, exactly, it's great. Yeah. I have one more category that we're going to use for all of the games that we do. And this is a Minter specific. Jeff Minter was great. a huge. Just Steve and I seeing his games, reading about in the back of the, the um, the excitement he had for all the new Atari stuff in the back of ST Action, and yeah, in the yeah. back there, he gave us such an excitement for the Atari ST and and the Jaguar and things like that. I'm going to give every game a Zarjaz score. That was one of his words. This game gets an 11 on the Zarjaz scale, um, and that means like the. Putting together all the things the ST could do and possibly the STE, how does this use the machine in its totality and make a fun game? And this one's at 11. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you totally. This this really pushed the machine. I mean, the whole concept was different anyway, but he just he just went out there and did it, and and it just works. It works beautifully. Everything is is amazing. There's, there's nothing in that game that I think. Oh, I wish if that was different. No, you just, know, you just yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's it. perfect. It's like it's great. So yeah, totally why not you. start so with a perfect great. Atari ST game? So Steve, now that you've played it a little bit, what do you think of this Jeff Minter game? So Since... here's the thing. Um, I don't agree with your reviews at all. Here's the reason. <laughs> I think you. I think you can't. I think I, I don't understand if you went to the Louvre and tried to review the artwork there. Does it make any sense? No. This this is a review proof timeless classic in so many ways the way that just the fact that minter game just the fact that it's in you know his game for the st the way it was designed i i wouldn't even review it it's just something to experience i i, I understand why you guys are doing doing review scores i take a step back and say there's no way to review this game <laughs> yeah, to, I mean, yeah i i can't agree make, with you on that too. but anyway i know what you mean those things. I know exactly <laughs> uh, yeah, what you're, saying. you're right no i played it i mean i played it i agree with you though we got it like are um, like are all the games we're going to do since they're ST games at Rock are all of them going to be no no I'm no, saying this that one in is. particular this game from who made it the time it came out you know the the whole like shareware aspect the way it was designed you know the fact that it's a version of Robotron like all the stuff in the time it's very difficult for me to to re I think it's something you need mm. to some people need to experience but what what are you all. saying you can't you you, you can't review a classic piece of art made by a master really yeah like yeah. you can review yeah. and go oh look it. the the lines don't look it doesn't yeah. what do you what am i supposed to say it's the mona lisa is too small yeah. yeah it is but i mean who cares <laughs> right you're still in the in the presence of genius masters when you see it yeah or when yeah. you play this game so i think that, that's why i say it's review proof if you want to know i think it's as st games go i think it's probably nines across the board back in the day but now i think mm. it's review proof i see what you're saying good job okay good point. we're gonna end this episode soon i want to talk about two things one i want tony to tell us a song that we're going to go out with and give us a little introduction to it this is a a dark says dark in the title um chilled sort of electro industrial piece and this is a piece of music that i've actually written for heart of neon the jeff minter oh, awesome. uh, documentary oh wow. so this will be appearing in some form or other in the jeff minter documentary so um yeah it's it's a full-on uh, electronic piece with undertones of the industrial vibe to it as well and why don't you give us an update about the documentary like what what's the timeline on that when's it going to come out is it is it kickstarted 
that sort of stuff. Uh, Patreon, Patreon, it is. <laughs> uh, if you, if I, I haven't got the link right in front of me, but it's uh, if you find Heart of Neon on Patreon, uh, it's Paul Doherty, the filmmaker. He is making it. He, we, we've got no real release date at the moment. He's working on different sections of the documentary. It's coming together amazingly, really. And one of the exciting things is so the piece of music you're about to listen to is in it. There's a whole load of other music I've wrote for it. Now, what we've actually done, once we've created a piece of music for it, I've actually exported all the individual stems, the individual instruments right. for him. Mm -hmm. So as a filmmaker or editor, he can drop out different pieces of music. So in a way, uh, we're creating this massive soundtrack right across the movie with all this music, which we're going to release after. The movie comes out as well, so there's going to be a lot more music coming out after. So oh, cool. it's, it's I've, I've seen a lot of it, and it's just amazing. There's some amazing interviews with people um, past and present in the games industry. Uh, there's it, Basically, Paul went to Jeff Minter's uh, farm in the middle of Wales and just filmed a whole load of stuff. He filmed the llama and the, the sheep and the donkey and <laughs> stuff like that. And it, it's honestly, it's just, it's, it's everything you want to know about Jeff. Everything you want, you to, want to know. know. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. is Minter interviewed in it himself or is it? He is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's interviewed in it. Giles is interviewed in it. Um, there's, there's, there's literally just so much stuff in there. I've only seen segments of the movie, but it's mind blowing. Well, let's it's, get that really Patreon is. link into the show notes and obviously under this video, yeah. we'll do all the notes will be under there. If you offer any support um, through Patreon for the movie, you'll get to see these segments as they slowly come oh. together. So you'll get to see little pieces of the movie and hear my, my music as well. And I don't so think I've, uh, yeah. I thought I, I thought I supported a while ago, but I'm going to make sure I'm going to go, I'm going to go put some money into that. And also I we got to yeah, get, get, get into that now. Paul, yeah. Paul, Paul is an amazing <laughs> filmmaker and just all, all around nice guy, really. So it's just like, just please offer you. I mean, I, I don't, this is like right up my alley. Bit. I mean, I should, we should yeah. be, yeah, we, uh, yeah. yeah, this should be right up the alley of mo many of our listeners. We have a lot of yeah, people who definitely. love the ST and the 7800 and the 8 bit. Well, that's pretty much what we talk about. So let's see if that's young. You know what? It's, I've it's, noticed. So I was going to say, it's well worth throwing a little bit of money just yes. to see inside Jeff's, Jeff's farm. Oh, I want to see. All his electronic kit it's mind-blowing <laughs> cables and keyboards and lights and everything it, yeah your, your head will explode when you oh, that's fantastic. I'll say that, like the st is just another in the line of systems that along with the tari and the 700 that a lot of people feel didn't get their just due back in mm. the day right and, and so like you, i do see a lot of people online that, that are like oh we, i guess and and maybe you can you can help us with this Tonia, it feels like the ST for was a lot of kids' first computer, and then people moved up to the Amigo and it came out. But there's like a two, like a two-year time frame when it was like the top dog, and yeah. there's yeah. some people that remember that very vividly. <laughs> yeah, like us exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and and yeah, well, I mean, every technology always gets better, right? There are always things yep. that overtake it, but there's a yeah. Time frame when hey you know what this is the best you could do when you were yeah when you're, yeah when you're, yeah I mean it, it was like that in the UK it was like that in the UK when the the ST came out that's all I wanted because the games were amazing I I I'd gone from Atari four hundred Atari one thirty XE and then all I wanted was an ST that's all I wanted because it was just everywhere at the time uh, so I got an S I got a five twenty ST 
and then probably a year later 1040 ST <laughs> and then it kind of just like, like completely died after that I was like oh and then like loads of people had Amigas and I was like what, what's happening but the good thing for me I was getting into music at the time and because I had the MIDI ports yeah I, was like, I, oh, I didn't yeah. need anything else so it was great so I, I was playing with MIDI and Cubase and stuff like that on, on the so ST. the life of the machine actually outlasted that for you because you could yeah 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 exactly exactly yeah 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 the, the thing is I've still got my 1040 ST and I was like do I find a place for it here in the studio could I do something <laughs> with it and I did dig it out the other month and instead of doing something musical with it I just played games it was great. <laughs> exactly. I was like oh, yeah may, maybe I'll do something and I've, I've still got I've still got Cubase on it and I was thinking so maybe I'll do something in the future. Oh, I can put cool. music out and just say, just written on Atari ST. Well, I've, been, I've been doing a deep dive to try and put together. I mean, it, this podcast is probably where it's going to be put together. I have lists and things like that, but of sort of the history of Atari ST and Atari 8-bit games based on the magazines, right? Because that's where things really happen. Mm. We didn't have yeah. access to lots of downloads or, or demo groups or anything like that. So what we have was the magazines and I'm going through them and I have a list right now of 1500 Atari ST games and more coming that I have not played. And a lot of them look fantastic. Yeah. And there's for the Atari 8-bit, it's the same. There's a lot of these German games. No, they're not as good, right? Yeah. The ST games. And there's games that people who moved to a PC or an Amiga or moved off an SD version came out and no one knew it was there where very few people did. The games are pretty good. They're not as... Yeah. Jim Power, for instance, not as good as the Amiga version. Still a damn good Atari ST game, yeah. right? Yeah. So they didn't make an SDE game. So there's a lot of stuff to go through on this podcast for both oh, yeah. 8-bits and the ST. Like, what are the games people and also didn't hear of that are fantastic? So There's, um, there's so many... There, there is so many hidden gems, both on, on the 8-bit Atari and the 16-bit. Oh, yeah. There's, there's so much. There's all so much. Well, and I was yeah. just going to say, you know, unlike you, Tony... The ST was not everywhere in the USA. In fact, it was we nowhere. To, we had to search. We're just we just super crazy Atari fans and had to like buy one out of the you know the trunk of someone's car. Yeah. So you hunted it down basically. Yeah. yeah, and then we would we would then we would to buy our games. We'd go to this one import store that was like an hour away. So we made it really effing hard on ourselves when we could have just Jeez. got a Commodore sixty four or something. Yeah, and, exactly. And made it easy. Exactly. But no, it was the it was the pain that made it that made it special. It made actually it, the yeah. pain did make it special, right? Because we had work. to search the hard work. Like, yeah. like yeah. we had yeah. to buy compilation of game compilations sight unseen just by looking at the back of the box. <laughs> right? And luckily we got some good ones, like the one with Commando on it and stuff like that. And sometimes you just get complete shit. <laughs> yeah, there's so much trash out there. But then yeah, we yeah. learned to buy the games machine in, in Atari format and Atari ST. Actually, there were at those stores, and that was good because yeah. then we could we could get into it a little bit. But yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, um, we're gonna end this one here. This is a great game. Any final thoughts before we go? Masterpiece. Um, That's yeah, it. yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I second that. Yeah, I, so, you know, after talking about it again and only playing it yesterday, I want to go and play it again straight yeah. after this. I want to blast on it. I want to just really thank Tony for coming on, and we plan to have you on as many of these as you cool. can be on. I mean, he because has to agree to it after this nightmare. That yeah, we after this just nightmare. But, <laughs> but realistically, no, 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 we just want to get together and talk about yeah. the great games on these Atari computers, and we need a third voice that just hey, is excited I'm, and was there I'm, in the I'm, UK. I'm there. This, this this has given me a great excuse to play, to play, <laughs> to play games again, play ST games. 
so yeah, I'm well up for it. I'll be on the next one definitely. I think the cool. next one because the uh, I think the next one's still going to be the ST game. We'll need to pick one out. It could be any game yeah. we want to play, but um, I just there's so many good ST games that no one knows about. I want to get them. Um, so okay, until next time, Steve into um, the vertical blank. Tony, yes, into the vertical blank. Into, into the, the vertical blank. I can't even say into the vertical blank. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Completely rude. Okay, and here, comes, and here comes Tony's <laughs> new track, and it's for the Jeff Minter documentary. Into the vertical blank.
to the vertical flat. An 8-Bit Rocket Studios production.